Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show live on this Monday evening as we await the appeal of Deshaun Watson. What is going to happen? Is it going to be six games? Is it going to be more? There is nobody, and I tell you nobody better, that we like to talk to than our Odyssey legal insider, Amy Dash. She's joining us on the WadeFord.com hotline. And insider calls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to Driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. Now, also, too, want to recommend that you give her a follow on her Twitter page, at Amy-TV, and also check out the website, LeagueOfJustice.com, if you want more information about what's going on. Amy, I got to say, I'm enjoying the fired-up Amy Dash on Twitter, reading some of your tweets, whether you're you know talking about the ruling, going after folks. I'm, I'm enjoying the fired-up Amy Dash Twitter version of you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, sometimes I do have second thoughts after it's been put out there in the Twitter sphere. I'm like, is that a little bit much? <laughs> hey, listen. It, it, but, you know, so far, so good. I've only deleted a handful of tweets, so yeah, I guess that's positive. I was going to say, once you hit send, Amy, you just have to stand by it. Uh, that That's all I can tell you. Just I, You know, I'm not ashamed to delete, and then people are like, what What was this tweet? Why did you delete it? I'm like, yeah, a little much. So <laughs> let's talk about this case from the standpoint of, so, I, you know, obviously the NFLPA, they, they filed their appeal and things like that, and we're, we're waiting to see. The thing that I was reading is um, the question about whether or not the NFLPA wants an actual hearing or if they're going to be just satisfied with, you know, the decision. Walk me through a little bit about how you think this process is going to go. Quickly, we're going to get a hearing. I mean, how do you think that this part of the appeal is going to play out? You know, I read in a couple of publications that there wouldn't be a hearing, and then I read in those same publications, well, maybe there will be hearings. I don't think anyone knows, which is why, you know, you don't want to be so quick to put information out there unless you're sure and you confirm it. So um, I think we just have to wait and see. I do think the NFLPA would be smart to have a hearing, uh, request that hearing, because they are going to want to have their side heard. Um, of course, they can submit something in writing, but I think it's always helpful to, to present like an oral argument. It's a little bit more persuasive at times. Um, so it could go either way, but if there is going to be a hearing, it's got to happen by the 13th of August. And then there has to be a decision pretty expeditiously right after that, um, according to the CBA, which actually requires no delay in the, in the issuance of, a, a new decision. And then that new decision will take the place of the old decision. So the factual findings won't be changed, but the length of the suspension will either be the same or it will be, uh, increased. So what does your head and your gut tell you is going to end up happening in this appeal? 
Well, I think it'll be increased, uh, the suspension. Uh, the question is, you know, is it going to be eight games, 10 games, 12 games, a full season? And um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a full season, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it's like 10 games, 12 games, um, because I think there are advantages to both. Um, you know, this is a decision maker who is very, uh, very buddy-buddy with the NFL, has worked for the NFL for a while, um, gets probably gets clients to his personal firm through the NFL and has been in, but has also been involved in other disciplinary matters like Ezekiel Elliott and has been praised for being fair. Um, so on the one hand, you might think, wow, look at these factual findings, uh, a finding of more likely than not that he sexually assaulted four women, that he uh, committed conduct detrimental to the league and put four people in genuine danger of their safety and well-being. Those are some pretty heavy findings, so that deserves a year. Or uh, could say, you know, I'm going to sort of walk that line and I'm not going to cross it to the point where I antagonize the NFLPA and they try to go to federal court, though I don't think they have any any grounds to do that. But um, might say, you know what, just to let this lie, let's do 8, 10, 12 games. So at least there's an increase, but it's not like a full-on court battle. Odyssey legal insider Amy Dash joining us here on the waitfor.com hotline. So once it comes down, does Watson have any ability to appeal the appeal? Or is this, we finally going to get like something that we can carve into stone and say, okay, here's the suspension. Now let's everybody move forward. I think it's the latter because uh, I just don't see any grounds for him challenging this arbitration decision. And I, I went through some of these points in an article that I put up on League of Justice, uh, but there are very limited grounds to overturn an arbitration award. A lot of them have to do with corruption by the arbitrator, the arbitrator exceeding powers, not allowing people access to evidence. And these are the exact grounds that a Tom Brady and an Ezekiel Elliott challenged their uh, arbitration decisions on. The fact that Roger Goodell, who's inherently biased, was the one deciding everything. The fact that they couldn't cross-examine an accuser or get access to interview notes or evidence. These types of procedural problems just don't exist with the Deshaun Watson case. And to boot, you had this process that was just newly negotiated. The NFLPA put out a statement praising its fairness and thoroughness and its impartiality. And the NFLPA is much more involved, you know, helping to choose Sue Robinson along with the NFL, agreeing to let Roger Goodell or his designee uh, have the final word and to increase the suspension. That's part of the new process. So I just don't see any grounds to where they would be able to prove that they would succeed on the merits of this, that there's any irreparable harm to Deshaun Watson if he has to serve the suspension, or really any grounds to try to overturn this as an arbitration award. All right, Amy, let's jump around a little bit. Let me ask you about Brittany Griner. Um, you know, I don't know if kangaroo court is the right term to use for what goes on in Russia, but kind of two parts. One is, do you expect this to get resolved pretty quickly with the prisoner swap and, and this will be handled expeditiously as well? And two is, how much does, I guess, the, the U.S. government have to start kind of, I don't know, prepping or, or making athletes like this understand the consequences or what the law is in some of these countries? Because Look, I, I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. Nobody seems to kind of know really what happened. Did she bring in hash oil or not? But doesn't the government have, if, if these girls and these ladies are going to head over to these countries and play professional sports and put a bullseye on their back, don't they have to kind of be better educated about what they really need to make sure they, they know and, and what to do and not do when they get over there? 
Well, I think so, but I think that's really the responsibility of the various leagues that they play for here to be able to educate them. And then, of course, you know, Brittany Griner and the high-profile nature of this serves as a warning in and of itself uh, of what not to do when you go to other countries. But it's impossible for people to know the laws in other countries. I guess you just have to default to, okay, you know, no drugs, no weapons, you know, the obvious things. Um, but it, we've even seen, you know, mo- pop culture movies based on real life events where someone puts something in someone's luggage and they get caught with it and they didn't have any idea it was there and they go to jail for life, you know, these crazy examples. So I guess you just have to be super careful about your belongings, who has a hold of your belongings and what's in there. And as, you know, marijuana becomes legalized in this country in a lot of states, and medical marijuana or recreational marijuana or any type of drug becomes commonplace, you have to be careful to sort of check yourself and know, okay, even though this is something that I don't think twice about in this country, um, you know, there could be serious penalties in other countries. So I don't think there's a kangaroo court in Russia. I just think it's a completely different legal system. It's obviously much more strict, much more intense. And these prisoner swaps, you know, I think likely it will happen. I just don't know if it will happen immediately because uh, these prisoner swaps actually happen all the time, quietly between the State Department and uh, here in the U.S. and, and uh, you know, diplomatic uh, liaisons in other countries. But it never at a time with so much tension between two countries in the middle of a war. So that's really the unlucky part for her. I think she probably would have been back by now or at least pretty soon after the verdict if not for what's going on in, in the uh, political climate right now. I guess, so there's really no guarantees. I guess, does does Russia care if she sits in a jail or not? I mean, they don't care about good PR and things like that, right? I mean, I guess they don't no. necessarily have skin invested in this game. Well, I think they have skin invested in showing that, uh, setting an example that other countries need to respect their rule of law uh, because right now, you know, they're not being given much respect at all by the international community uh, because of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. So they may want to assert their power where, where they do have leverage. And I think releasing her too quickly, you know, might, might portray a weak stance, which is the opposite of what, you know, what Russia wants its um, reputation internationally to be. So I think right now, you know, she's in a tough position. And listen, it all comes down to what we can offer that they want and how badly they want it. So if they're like, okay, we want that Russian arms dealer who's been convicted, but we could wait a year or two to send an example and send a message, then that's what they'll do. So I think the U.S. might have to up the ante. You know, you just don't know what they want and how fast they want it. Odyssey Legal Insider Amy Dash joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. Okay, so I brought this up to you about six weeks ago when we had you on the show. The and and I remember my exact question because I went back and even and looked at all was why would live not why would the live golfers not sue the PGA? Well, now we see that that's coming to fruition. I I, I guess I, I guess it seems simple for me of hey, how can the PGA have this sort of fiefdom over everything? But I guess there's always, you know, more to it than than just that in, in this situation. What's the likelihood that the, the, the live golfers at the end of the day get what they want? Let's put it like that. Well, you know, the more I look into the claims, the, the better I think they are. 
I think the fact that these golfers were independent contractors, that really the PGA couldn't expect exclusivity and that other tours are letting them participate, I think that really is very strong in their favor because um, when a court's looking at antitrust claims, it's looking at um, is there uh, is there behavior that's predatory, that's anti-competitive in nature. And the fact that you are uh, punishing people for participating in another tour to the detriment of your own tour is one of the hallmarks of antitrust um, behavior. And that's what courts will look at is, um, is the PGA doing something that will hurt itself in the short term in order to try to regain long-term monopolistic control? So I think it's, you know, I think it's pretty good, but I don't think this case will go all the way. I think there'll be some sort of a settlement. So, and that's what I was going to ask you. Um, Is it going to be one of those things that, we're going to just come to a monetary agreement because that that's what everything revolves around in life. Right, Amy? I mean, it's just it's all about the Monet and, you know, everybody wants their peace and things like that. And basically, I'm guessing it will be a deal where, hey, you can't come to us with any future claims against us or say that, hey, you're owed whatever, you know, lost wages from what you could have won or this, any other. I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be a monetary settlement done and over with and we move on from there. Uh, yeah, I think eventually, yes, um, if the court rules in the uh, golfer's favor. So really, when you, there's a lawsuit at the outset, everybody comes out guns blazing. And then what happens is uh, we see in, in which person's favor the rulings go. You know, one side tries to dismiss, it survives the dismissal, let's say. Another side gets a summary judgment or gets some sort of a, a you know, favorable ruling and that's when people start saying, okay, am I going to have to hand over information that I don't want public? Um, am, am I, is it looking like I'm probably going to lose this one? And that's when, you know, the settlement talks start getting underway. But for now, you know, the PGA is firing back and saying that they willfully breached their agreements with the PGA Tour, you know, all for money, of course. And they're saying they're going to litigate the case vigorously because they feel that the reputation of the tour uh, is at stake. So, uh, you got to weigh, you know, the damage, the damage to the reputation versus um, letting other people know that that the the tournament rules you know, mean something. Follow her on her Twitter page. A lot of great information at Amy Dash TV. Also check out the website LeagueOfJustice.com. A lot more in depth on some of these issues. Amy Dash is our Odyssey legal insider, and insider calls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Head to Driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in Driveway's nationwide inventory, and she joined us on the WaitFor.com hotline. As always, Amy, I appreciate you carving out a few minutes with me here in Atlanta. Thank you so much, and we'll chat again soon. My pleasure, John. Thank you so much. You got it. John Chuckery will be back. Sports right now to the game and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.